Business Voyager Radio, self-development radio for the open mind, interviews with leading edge authors and speakers, and now, Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager Radio. you know someone or have been in this situation, you should definitely listen to this program. We are going to talk about brain injury and stroke restoration. And frankly, folks, this is going to be one of the most important programs that you may have heard. My guest is Dr. David A. Steenblock. He has come up with new methods of stroke and brain injury rehabilitation. Welcome to the show, Doctor. Good evening. Let's let's start out by framing this. Um, you are originally a general practitioner, is that correct? Maybe that's not right. Uh, well, I, I practiced general medicine for a number of years. Okay. I was trained as a pathologist and as a biochemist and as a physician. Okay. What, what, what was your reason for moving into stroke rehabilitation? Success. I was uh, uh, practicing uh, cardiovascular rehabilitation and alternative medicine. Uh, I was using chelation therapy. You've probably heard of that, where you use an intravenous solution to clean out the arteries and prevent or reverse heart disease and uh, atherosclerosis, hardening of the arteries and whatnot. Now, why is, is chelation therapy used, uh, uh, is that, why is that in the alternative area? Well, it hasn't been accepted by the uh, powers that be uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, there's virtually no money involved to prove that it works. You have to have some kind of a drug that you can patent and, uh, and get a um, license to sell that so that you can make your investment back or otherwise uh, the, you know, the pharmaceutical companies won't have anything to do with it. This is an old drug. It's been around since uh, 1936 or so and uh, uh, it works. It helps uh, people tremendously but there just really isn't any dollars there for pharmaceutical companies to get it approved because it costs 100 to $200 million to get a new drug approved. Hmm. Okay, so you are using hyperbaric oxygen. What does that mean? Well, let me just tell you what happened was that I, w I had come in contact with a person who had told me that he was making hyperbaric chambers and asked if I wanted to uh, get one. And I said, well, uh, since I had some experience and had seen what they could do uh, with uh, wound healing and whatnot, I said, sure. Um, this is a, a chamber in which the person sits and uh, they have a, an, uh, an oxygen mask that they breathe and uh, the door is shut and the entire inside of the chamber is pumped up with air. So as uh, uh, a few minutes goes along, the pressure gets higher and higher and uh, uh, during this time, the person is breathing oxygen also under pressure. And so what, what you're doing is forcing oxygen into the body under pressure. 
and the treat, each treatment lasts anywhere from one to two hours, and we do it on a daily basis until the person, a person's problem disappears or gets better. Anyway, um, so I, I went ahead and got this chamber, and I, so I had it in my office and wasn't doing too much with it. But then one day a, a patient's uh, daughter called me from the hospital and said, Dr. Steenblock, well, mom just had a stroke. Her mother was just being admitted to the intensive care unit because of a severe left-sided stroke. And uh, she asked me, what should she do? And I said, well, call an ambulance and bring her over to my office. And she did. So you had never used this before? Not on stroke, no. Okay. And so uh, uh, she did. The uh, doctor there at the hospital told her she was crazy and that uh, I probably was going to kill her mother. But she did it anyway. And uh, she came, and she was semi-comatose, uh, totally paralyzed, left side, uh, drooling, uh, unable to converse, uh, just barely. Uh, she would groan if you prodded her and that kind of thing. So she was in pretty bad shape. We brought her in, put her into the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, and uh, gave her oxygen for an hour, brought her back out, gave her chelation, uh, put her back in for another hour, brought her back out, gave her more chelation, and we did that for 24 hours. And in that 24 hours, she went from this semi-vegetable back to a perfect person. And I sent her home without any uh, side effects. She was basically like 95, 98% recovered from her stroke when she went home. Now, what did the, the medical community think about this? Well, I think anybody that hears that is pretty amazed that that can happen. And so do they think it's just, uh, you know, a well, freak I, I, of, you know, fate? Yeah, you could, you could, you, if you, one case like that, the average MD is going to say, well, some people recover from a stroke no matter what anyway within that 24 hours, and it could have been just a trance and ischemic attack. But the point is, on this case, we had a CAT scan after that to show, and that did show that she did have a, a stroke. And so we have documented evidence that she did have the stroke. And uh, what we were able to do was re uh, eliminate all of the complications that occur uh, when a stroke occurs, because uh, it's a little known fact that most of the uh, permanent damage from a stroke is not due to the initial insult, but to the, uh, but secondary to the complications of that initial insult. In other words, the brain swelling that occurs after uh, the initial uh, thrombus or blood clot that uh, shuts off the oxygen to the brain. Yeah, let's let's explain to our listeners uh, as, as in, in lay terms what a stroke actually is. A stroke is any uh, disruption of the oxygen supply to a part of the brain, and when the oxygen supply is disrupted, the uh, brain tissue stops functioning and will die. That tissue that dies is dead and there's nothing that anybody or any technique will do. You cannot bring that tissue back to life. But in most strokes, that area of dead tissue is very small as compared to the great area that surrounds it that is injured because of this initial um, area that dies. 
So the dead tissue is a small area. It swells in the first 24 hours, and as it swells, it causes the tissue that surrounds it to also swell, and this swelling then causes further uh, blockage of the arteries, further compromised arteries, and the circulation is compromised to the surrounding tissue, and so the surrounding tissue is injured, and it goes into a, a state of hibernation and uh, we're in, in which uh, it no longer functions. So now you, you actually believe that the nerves are stunned, don't that's you? That's right. The, the nerves are stunned. They're sleeping. You use that. I mean, that's a nice word. I mean, you, you believe that in a stroke... Because the way that the way that uh, that I've always understood it, my mother had a stroke back. Uh, I think it was in 1983 or 84, as I recall, sometime back there. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry, it was 1978. Uh, she died later on. But 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 she was uh, paralyzed and all the things. You know, she lost the use of her her uh, tongue, her a lot of her motor skills. She was unable to think clearly. Uh, if I had known about you, I would have been there in a moment. And we would have helped. Yeah. Not in a moment. It takes time to have this whole process uh, repaired. Uh, our pre treatment program is usually 40 days of everyday therapy. So you have to come and be with us for 40 days. It takes that long for new blood vessels to form. In that area surrounding that dead tissue that swells up, this swollen tissue, uh, uh, these arteries in the small blood vessels in that area are injured and so that the blood flow is not adequate after this injury and so it's this inadequate blood flow that needs to be repaired also and that takes time. What, what kind of results then, what, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of stumbling for a second here, uh, mostly because I've got to go to a break in a second, but uh, is there a, is there a, a an, a, an area where, where, this, where, where uh, the results can be expected? I mean, is, it, is there a high and a low? I mean, what, what is the, the best that a person can get and the lowest? Well, the, the, the best, of course, is if you catch uh, the person in the first 24 hours and treat them vigorously like I did that first patient, then you can get most of the people back pretty, you know, if not 100% close to it. And in the first three weeks, you also get uh, fairly good results uh, as compared to uh, if it's been longer than three weeks so that uh, now you still get results even like your mother if she was still alive and she still had the effects of the stroke even though she had had her stroke in 1978 even today she would benefit from our treatment. The uh, interesting thing is uh, we now know that there are results does everyone get the great results you talked about? No. The, uh, there's about uh, now that's great. I love that because, frankly, if you had said yes, there would have been the first question in my mind. All right, so not everyone gets these great results. No, I would say maybe one out of ten may not receive much benefit at all. One out of ten. So one out of ten may not. Yeah, that's right. So 90% of the people who try this are going to get really good results. Uh, no, I didn't say that either. I would okay, I said that. I apologize. I, I would say a third will get really good results, a third will get moderate results, and a third will get mild results, all of which is better than where they've been. Because I'm talking about people, these are people who've had everything already. They've gone through years of physical therapy and 
every kind of massage and acupuncture and you name it, they've already tried it. You know, the second one, the second person I took care of and how I got into this business was not that first patient that healed so dramatically. It was my second patient. She had a stroke 10 years before, and she had seen 22 other doctors and came to me with tears in her eyes and telling me that either I should help her out of this world or help her out of the wheelchair, one or the other. And at that point, she didn't really care which one, but she wanted to do one or the other because she was so miserable. And I told her, well, let's, you know, I don't know if this is going to work, but let's try hyperbaric oxygen. And she says, fine, let's try anything. And so I did. And, and now this is a woman who was not able to get out of the wheelchair. Her husband had to take her out, put her on the, the bathroom commode, had to dress her, feed her, literally everything. And he had been having to do this now for 10 years. And she had a chronic pain syndrome also. So she was not a happy camper. Anyway, after 10 treatments, she was out of pain and she was walking 200 feet. Now, that was a true miracle as far as they were concerned. Now, she's still paralyzed, though. She still has a, a lot of uh, troubles with her leg and her arm and whatnot. But for her, the, the increased mobility and, and function that she received was quite a miracle. Now, this is a woman who'd been through like four years of physical therapy and acupuncture and every kind of thing she could think of to do. She'd already gone through it, and this was 10 years out. <coughs> well... The uh, there's it works in different ways depending upon at what time uh, the person is treated. In other words, if you're treating the person in the first 24 hours, it works by reduction of the edema, uh, the swollen tissue, because it's at higher pressure. It puts the brain uh, tissue that surrounds the swollen area at a higher pressure than the the swollen area is and that decreases the swelling and takes it away and plus it puts oxygen back into the tissue to, and that preserves the tissue so you don't lose uh, the tissue, the brain tissue and you don't injure it any further so it's a, it's a treatment in the first 24 hours that stops the swelling and stops the continuation of the damage after that uh, in the chronic phase, uh, what we've got is a situation where there's a um, this ischemic penumbra, they call it, uh, the area where you have the sleeping neurons, and uh, this tissue has compromised blood vessels. The blood vessels have been damaged, and the blood flow to these tissues are is not very good. The hyperbaric oxygen. Uh, as the person breathes it, the oxygen is forced into the blood and uh, the oxygen is in the blood at a much higher concentration than it would otherwise be. And it's carried in the plasma. Normally, oxygen is carried only in the red blood cells. But in this situation, when we're using hyperbaric oxygen, the, blood, the, the oxygen is also carried in the plasma or the liquid part of the blood. And so the plasma is able to get through smaller blood vessels uh, uh, much smaller than the red blood cells can get through. The red blood cells have a size of five microns and the plasma is liquid. It, it can go through a very much smaller uh, capillary. And so by forcing oxygen into the plasma, the plasma is able to deliver oxygen to these tissues 
and then the tissue is able to start to metabolize and as it metabolizes it starts to clean up itself and uh, get rid of the garbage that uh, occurred from the initial injury and as it does that it releases certain chemicals uh, one of which is called adenosine and this chemical causes vasodilation which means it opens up the blood vessels and it also sends a signal uh, out to the blood vessels to have new blood vessels form. So what happens over time is that new blood vessels form and you have a, a, a restoration of the normal blood flow to these areas that have had damaged blood vessels. And with that, the blood flow, once the blood flow becomes normalized, the function of those nerves becomes functional, functional also, and the person's arm and leg and whatnot, and their thinking processes and whatever is bothering them, tends to get better. I feel like I've been at a, at a, at a major uh, <laughs> lecture. Uh, that's good, and I think I understand that a little bit. Well, we're now calling it the Steenblok Institute for Stroke Recovery, six hyperbaric oxygen chambers, uh, and uh, we so we do three different things at the center. One is the hyperbaric oxygen. Number two is a lot of uh, uh, functional electrical stimulation because you need to rebuild the muscles as well. And then we use uh, uh, various intravenous therapies to stimulate the nerve cells to. Uh, improve the blood flow to the brain tissue. Okay, let's take our first call. David, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Welcome to the show, David. Well, thank you. I just wanted to show, uh, tell you that the show is very, very interesting. Thank you. Uh, I had a... Hopefully your radio is off. Yes, it is. Or down. Okay. And it's cut off. Uh, I had a mild stroke, I guess, about eight years ago. And... Um, really had a great deal of difficulty with my right arm and leg after the stroke but I was relatively young at the time going through the physical therapy and uh, the healing of time I regained almost complete use of both my arm and leg but um, I know that often people who have had one stroke will have another stroke and I was wondering if this treatment helped prevent future strokes Doctor, what is your response? Well, the hyperbaric oxygen does not help prevent another stroke. Uh, the chelation therapy and nutritional therapies and keeping the blood pressure under good control and those kinds of things, elimination of factors is uh, what you need to do to help prevent a stroke. The use of anticoagulants sometimes is necessary. If the person has atrial fibrillation, a cardiac irregularity, that kind of thing. So you have to look at the person, see why they're tending to have a stroke, and then correct those risk factors. And if you do those things, then that will help prevent having a stroke again. Now, even though you're using the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, you, you certainly use other um, therapies also, don't you? Surely. Now, chelation, for our listeners, why don't you talk a little bit about chelation and what it is exactly? I know you said it's intravenous, but what does it do and what, what, is, it, what is used? How does it work? Well, <clears throat> going back to that question about what can you do to prevent a stroke, 70% of patients who have a stroke have heart disease and cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, or hardening of the arteries. 
and this hardening of the arteries causes blockages, which causes the death of the brain tissue. And so we don't like to have people come in who have this, these bad arteries, who've had a stroke and then just want to get better, uh, and, uh, and then have them go out and leave us and two months later have another stroke. So what we do is evaluate their arteries and check to see whether or not they're prone to having a stroke. And if they are, then we do this chelation therapy to open up these arteries and clean them, clean them out so that uh, the chances of having a stroke will be much decreased. How it works is, uh, well, first of all, what is chelation? Chelation is a, uh, four vinegar molecules stuck together and so it's a very simple compound, but what it does is it binds uh, to heavy metals and calcium. And put it into the vein, it circulates throughout the body, circulates everywhere from the top of your head down to your toes, and, and then is excreted through the kidneys. As it does that, it picks up heavy metals like lead, and it will pass those out into the urine and will also take calcium out of the artery walls. And this is one of the main mechanisms of how it works, this removal of uh, extracellular calcium that accumulates with aging and with chronic uh, damaging um, influences that occur uh, with normal time uh, from just living, uh, and, and noxious things like high cholesterol, hypertension, cigarettes, etc. Any, there's like 246 different things that cause injury to the blood vessel wall, and any of these injuries will cause calcium deposits in the artery wall, and this causes the hardening of the artery. So the chelation is a way to, to get the uh, um, calcium out. Yeah, get the heart out of the arteries. And so we've tested that and show that you can actually see by special tests that the arteries actually get softer. They become more resilient. They become more bounding. The, as the heart beats, the blood comes out in a big pulse from the heart. And as it comes out, if you, you can feel the pulse uh, on your uh, carotid artery in your neck. You can feel the, the bump, 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 or in your radial artery on your wrist. You can feel the pulse of the blood. As the heart squeezes, the blood comes out in a big pulse. And if your arteries are hard, you can't feel much of a pulse because the artery has become stiffened and no longer expands to accommodate that pulse of blood, which means then that the flow of blood will have decreased. And so by opening, uh, by, by removing the hardness, the artery will be able to expand when the heart contracts like that, and you'll be able to pass a lot more blood to the different organs. What about other brain injuries? Will this help those? Most all brain injuries are helped by this kind of therapy. We've had very good results with a number of kinds of, of brain injury, and uh, you know it, it's uh, one of those things that number one, it's safe. Uh, you're not risking anything like uh, when you do an angiogram or you're doing if you're doing uh, artery surgery or anything like that. You're not risking any thing because it's a very safe procedure. So all you're doing is by doing this therapy, you're investing your time and your money, but you're not risking anything, and the chances of uh, getting a great result uh, is pretty good. 
Now, what about cerebral palsy? I've had good results with even cerebral palsy, even uh, out uh, 20, 30 years. Um, it's like everything else. You need to have enough therapy. We, we'd like to recommend 40 days of therapy. And in general, these people will improve. Now, without getting involved in costs, is this expensive? Well, it's a, you know... I know this is a touchy, I mean, I realize... This is always a relative thing, you know, so it depends on how you compare it. If you compare it to hospital costs, we're very cheap as compared that's, to... Okay, that's it. Let's, let's compare it. food store and buying a box of uh, vitamin C, we're expensive. Okay, let's compare it to standard, standard procedures which may or may not work. I would say we're about half the cost of a hospital stay. Now, do you, half, do you, you know, in other words, if you're in the hospital every day, we're about half that cost for the 40 days. Now, are you recognized uh, by any of the major health carriers at all yet, or? Well, are are some of the, uh, you know, like for example, physical therapy is recognized and paid for by most all insurance companies. So we don't charge for charge the patient generally for that. Um, the chelation therapies, uh, generally the insurance companies don't pay for, and the hyperbaric oxygen they don't pay for. They do pay for regular office visits. They do pay for the laboratory and the diagnostic testing. So at least they get some help. Yes. Um, now, do <laughs> when we look at this concept of hyperbaric oxygen, how many other doctors are familiar with it at this point? Well, I couldn't tell you that. Not very many. Well, of course, okay. Not very many. All right, and I, I shouldn't have said it that way. Let me, let me say it a different way. How do your peers respond to this method? Well, my peers are, in general, alternative medicine doctors, and they think it's wonderful. Okay, I'll try once more. But, uh, How do the people outside of the alternative medicine community uh, look at your therapy? I would say skeptical. Uh, the uh, neurologists that we've had, we've consulted with, uh, you know, who wanted to know informa get information, uh, have been mostly negative. Uh, uh, they've never seen it. They don't know anything about it. Uh, and so they tell my patients that under no circumstances should they have it. It's dangerous, etc., etc. And, and it's all not true, but the poor person who is out there trust their doctor, and when the doctor says don't do it because it's dangerous, they get nervous and they decide not to do it. And it's, I don't know why doctors say these things, because I think only because of ignorance is from what I could tell. What would need to be done to make this? Oh, it would have to be, you'd have to spend a lot of dollars to uh, do a number of patients, like uh, 100 to 200 patients in a double-blind control fashion where you don't tell the patient what you're doing. Um, you you can char couldn't charge the person for it because you wouldn't be treating some of them. Half of them you won't treat, half you would. And you'd have to have a bunch of, a team of neurologists and, and people assessing how they are to start with and then Afterwards, you'd have to do PET scans and spec scans before and afterwards. It would probably cost, oh golly, probably up there 10 to 20 million dollars to do a study that would be acceptable to the uh, general medical doctor. How does the FDA look at this? Well, uh, they have no problems with it. Uh, 
it's as long as you operate a, a, an approved facility with approved chambers, then there really isn't any problems as far as the FDA is concerned. Chad, Vancouver, Washington. Welcome to the show, Chad. Uh, good evening, Bruce, and good evening, uh, Doctor. Uh, at the age of five, I shot a pencil out of a toy dart gun into my right eye, and, and sympathetic ophthalmia set in and affected the other eye. And uh, Basically, my doctors have told me that the blood flow to the retinas has been severely restricted or and the retinas have suffered from atrophy because of lack of nutrition from the blood vessels and things. Uh, earth therapy, have you ever tried it on uh, such cases or is it something that could potentially work to open up the blood vessels and things? I haven't tried it on that particular kind of problem. Um, if you want to send me some of your medical records, I'd be happy to take a look at them and give you my opinion, but I'd have to look at the records first. Okay, we'll do that. Dr. Steenblock, I know that you've been a little under the weather. I appreciate you doing the uh, show this evening. My pleasure. <laughs> it was pretty hard for you to even say that, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, really, I know that you're doing a great job. I hope that you'll be back on the show again. I think this is something people need to hear a few times. This yeah, is pretty incredible stuff. It is incredible. You know, I would never have gotten into it except for the fact that I have seen such great results. It's really a gratifying experience to see the patients. You know, we've been, we've been um, under construction with our new facility for the last couple months, and so... We had been operating our hyperbaric oxygen chambers and we were just treating the patients with regular physical therapy and chelation and whatnot. And I wasn't really seeing much, you know, results. But now, for the last two weeks, we've been getting hyperbaric air oxygen into these people and they just, you know, people every day, they're seeing their hands start to work, their legs start to work. And it's okay. really exciting. 